Hello, and welcome to the Herbal Mama podcast. I am your host, Lindsay Michon, a family and women's health herbalist and mom of three. This podcast is dedicated to empowering you with a natural approach to boosting your energy, balancing your hormones, and enhancing every aspect of your motherhood so that you can fully show up to your life as wife, mom, and friend in the ways that you have always dreamed. We cover it all here, from herbs to foods to lifestyle. So if that sounds like your cup of tea, then come on in, pull up a chair, and let's dive in. Welcome. Today we're talking about the number one key to balancing your hormones. And this is, again, something that I talk about so often. If you've been through my 4-Day Hormone Jumpstart, then you will have heard about some of this. And this is really the foundation for the work that we're going to do when we're balancing our hormones. You can take all of the herbs, use all of the supplements, but if you are not doing this one thing, then honestly, you're never really going to achieve the results that you're looking for because this is just so foundational. And that key is keeping blood sugar balanced. Now this sounds super boring, I totally understand, it's just so basic, but it's also so key. It, it really is the foundation for building sustainable hormone balance, for having that consistent energy that we're looking for. So how does blood sugar affect our hormones exactly? There are a lot of ways, and I'm, I could go on and on about all of the different ways that it impacts our hormones. But I just want to highlight a few really key areas just to help you understand the gravity of the situation and the the really the importance of of managing our blood sugar really well. So to get started with that, I want to first share with you what well-managed blood sugar looks like. So with well-managed blood sugar, Imagine a straight line. This is perfect blood sugar regulation. Now this is um, this is unachievable. We cannot achieve this straight line. However, overlay over that straight line very gentle waves that just barely go above and below very gently undulating over this line. Um, staying close, very, very small dips and peaks. This is what we want our blood sugar to look like. However, for most of us, our blood sugar looks a little more like those heartbeat graphs when someone's hooked up to a heart monitor and you have the the extreme spikes and valleys and peaks which is excellent and um, when you you know when you're monitoring your heart rate but we don't want our blood sugar to look like our heart rate so we, we really want those to be two entirely different things and for a lot of us unfortunately our blood sugar actually looks like our heart rate we are eating high sugar high simple carb foods that are causing dramatic spikes and then sudden even more dramatic dips and we're on this roller coaster all day long. And when this happens, 
there is a cascading effect through the rest of our bodies, especially impacting our endocrine system. And it often doesn't immediately impact our, our reproductive hormones like progesterone and estrogen. But as part of the cascade, it absolutely does end up there in the majority of cases. So one of the ways that this happens is that when our blood sugar is spiking and dipping and it's dramatic and it's humongous and it's not hugging that line in in very soft waves, our body perceives this as a stressor on par with us being chased by a wild animal or a man, you know, in a dark alley with a hoodie or something like that. Um, our body perceives this and it releases adrenaline. It releases cortisol as a way to try to get that back to where it needs to be. Cortisol is our survival hormone. It helps us to survive. It's really important, but this is not something that we want happening all day, every day. And this is definitely something that I can go into more at some point but just suffice it to say this is not something that we want happening to us unless we are actually you know being chased down a dark alley or a wild animal is after us or something like that that's definitely that's when we want the cortisol we don't want it when we're driving to work on a monday morning or when we're trying to help our kids with their homework that is not the time but our body perceives blood sugar dysregulation as a stressor and it releases cortisol what cortisol does is it competes with progesterone for building blocks. Our bodies build our hormones. We don't get them from our food, like we get vitamins and minerals and you know healthy fats. Our bodies have to put in the work to build these hormones. And one of the key precursors to several of our hormones is pregnenolone. And cortisol and progesterone both come from pregnenolone. However, because cortisol is our survival hormone, it gets priority over progesterone because when we are in a survival situation, our body is not thinking about reproducing. That is not key to our personal survival. So cortisol gets all the bonus points on this one. It gets all the love. And the pregnenolone goes to cortisol. Our body diverts it that way, which leaves us with not as much progesterone, which causes estrogen dominance. Now, this also causes a decrease in progesterone from another aspect. Our blood sugar being dysregulated wildly and for long periods of time actually disrupts ovulation. When we're not ovulating, we are not producing adequate amounts of progesterone again creating a situation of estrogen dominance which causes a variety of symptoms and if getting pregnant at some point in the future is on your to-do list disrupting ovulation is not something that is that you're going to want to have to be dealing with not to mention the fact that regular ovulation has been shown to be extremely protective for women later in life in many different areas, heart health, bone health, a variety of aspects. So regular ovulation is something that we definitely want to be striving for as we, you know, live our life every day, even if it's for something that's way in the future, like our postmenopausal health. 
or mama who is struggling with your hormones after having children, may be dealing with fatigue, brain fog, weight gain, or painful irregular periods, then I'm so glad you are here. In addition to providing free education via podcasting and blogging, I also take a limited number of clients who are ready to dig deep and get to the root of their imbalances so that they can move from burnout to bliss. With one-on-one guidance, personalized herbal protocols, and delicious recipes, I help my clients boost their motivation and productivity, decode and manage cravings for that all-day energy, and finally achieve regular and pain-free cycles. If that sounds like something you need in your life, then I would love to offer you a complimentary session so we can find out if one of these client spots is right for you. Just send me an email at lindsay at lindsaymichon.com and put podcast in the subject line to schedule your complimentary session. Long-term blood sugar dysregulation also creates insulin resistance and chronic inflammation. This is another scenario where our bodies with the inflammation, our body is diverting a lot of resources to dealing with that. Inflammation is an important survival response just like cortisol. But what we don't want is for it to become chronic. We don't want our bodies to be receiving any signals that lead it to believe that we are in a dangerous or unideal situation for reproduction. Our bodies are designed for reproduction, whether we choose to use it in that way or not. Um, Our bodies have to, for optimal health, they have to function for reproduction. So when we have that chronic cortisol, when we have that chronic inflammation, our bodies are receiving the signal that we are in a survival situation and it diverts resources away from optimizing our reproductive system and our reproductive hormones. And lastly, so, so important, women are actually at more risk for heart damage with high blood sugar than men. So it has been studied and there are things coming out showing that women actually have heart damage from high blood sugar at lower blood sugar levels than men. So we are more sensitive to our blood sugar fluctuations than men are. And heart disease is one of the leading causes of death in women. I believe it's number one, actually. The number one cause of death for women is actually heart disease. So again, long-term, looking long-term at our health, this is so, so important that we really get a handle on keeping our blood sugar regulated. So how do you know if you have dysregulated blood sugar? There's a a lot of signs. I'm going to share a few. One is a 3 p.m. slump. Now, a lot of us are tired at 3 p.m. because we're up a lot with kids, which can cause dysregulated blood sugar. Totally other story. But if you regularly, for seemingly no reason, you sleep fine at night, um, have a 3 p.m. slump, it is likely your blood sugar. It is likely that you had a high-carb lunch or you skipped lunch or you didn't eat enough lunch. But something happened around lunchtime and your blood sugar has dropped off. And it's a lot of times that we start craving caffeine and sugar around this 3 p.m. time as our body, due to survival mode, is trying to get that blood sugar back up where it needs to be because low blood sugar is a survival issue for us. So our bodies are going to ask for energy, which is going to translate as craving high-carb, high-sugar foods 
that are fast and that are easy, oftentimes caffeine. And this is not a willpower issue at this point. We are going to, we're going to, we're going to eat those things. Our body is asking for it. So a lot of us beat up ourselves up about willpower when it's actually just our body asking for what it needs and trying to regulate itself due to different things in our environment and different things that we're putting into our bodies. So that feeds into the second sign of dysregulated blood sugar, which is cravings that you can't say no to. You can't say no to these cravings. You can't willpower yourself out of them. Thirdly, after you eat these things, you don't feel satisfied. You still want more. It's not enough that you've got your sugar fix. It's not enough that you've got your carb fix. You can't stop the craving now. It's it's almost become out of control. You just, all you want is, is fast, easy carbs, fast, easy sugars, caffeine. You, you can't bring yourself to want something more nutritious. And then lastly, weight around the middle that just won't budge. Weight specifically in the stomach area is different than weight elsewhere. Our body deposits fat in different areas of the body for different purposes. And weight around the middle is some of the hardest to get rid of and it's generally speaking a sign of dysregulated blood sugar and it's a much bigger deal than weight in other places. So these are all some signs, and if you see yourself in any of these, or likely many of them, then this is an area that you really wanna start taking seriously. So now for the practical. What are some ways that we can start to balance our blood sugar? I first want to tackle a topic that I see going around a lot, and it's the topic of intermittent fasting. I know a lot of women jump on the intermittent fasting bandwagon. There's some phenomenal scientific research behind the benefits of intermittent fasting. However, I want to point out that as with so many things in modern health and medicine and nutrition, these studies are done on men's bodies men respond phenomenally to intermittent fasting and show excellent blood sugar control with intermittent fasting, excellent weight loss, excellent muscle building. Intermittent fasting, the way that it's practiced in a lot of circles, is excellent for men. However, it is not so good for women, depending on how it's practiced. They've actually shown that intermittent fasting with meal skipping leads to worse blood sugar control in women. So if you are going to do intermittent fasting as a woman, the ideal time frame is 12 hours fasting, 12 hours eating, no meal skipping. You don't need to do to restrict yourself down to six or four or three hours of eating and end up eating only one meal a day, as that has been scientifically shown, to actually worsen blood sugar control, which is going to lead to those cravings, which is going to lead to you breaking your intermittent fasting rules that you have for yourself, beating yourself up, just a whole cascade. So if you are a woman and you're interested in trying intermittent fasting, you need to make sure that you're doing it from a woman-centered approach, which is eating all of your meals and fasting for 12 hours. So seven to seven is often a good time frame. So you're not eating too late and you're also eating early enough to get a good start on your day. Now, as far as timing with your food, a lot of women also think that carbs is a problem, which the amount of carbs that we eat in our standard American diet is absolutely and definitely a problem. However, going completely no carb is not the answer. And it's actually been shown that eating carbs three to five hours before bed improves quality sleep, which is something that is really important for blood sugar balance. So I definitely recommend having a serving of really good carbs. So 
some brown rice, a sweet potato, something like that uh, with your evening meal. Also, if you really struggle in the mornings, choose a non-carb breakfast. So, you know, bacon and eggs or something else protein rich, but not something with a lot of carbs for breakfast, if this is something that you struggle with. Some people do fine with carbs in the morning, some people don't. You might experiment with that for yourself. But carbs in the evening is generally a good idea. And, you know, don't pig out on the carbs. We're not, you know, doing a fettuccine Alfredo here. But, you know, just one good serving of healthy carbs is a good idea. And then making sure that you're eating every three to four hours. This is not like that old diet advice where you eat, you know, before you're hungry and you're eating every one to two hours so you don't let your blood sugar crash. Um, That is not good for your digestion at all. It is really important that we allow our bodies time to rest and digest. So about every three to four hours is when it's a good idea to eat again. Ideally, you're a little bit hungry, but you're not overly hungry. You're not shaky, headachy. You don't have any of those low blood sugar symptoms yet. So you're getting a jump on those low blood sugar symptoms, but you're also allowing your body time to rest and digest. And digestion is important for overall hormone health. And then lastly, when you're eating, focus on eating. Sit in a calm environment as much as possible. Don't try to multitask. Just focus on your food. This improves digestion, which improves your blood sugar. And it's just all around an excellent piece of advice for eating in general and making those changes. All right, I hope that you found this episode to be interesting and informative, and I really would love to hear how you are making these changes. So drop me a line on any of my social channels. Let me know what you're up to, what changes you've decided to make, and I can't wait to talk to you soon. Thank you for joining me for today's episode of the Herbal Mama podcast. I hope that you found it helpful, and if you did, please share it with a friend. And before you go, be sure to subscribe and leave a rating and review to make sure that other mamas can find our podcast when they need it the most. You can connect with other listeners on Instagram at Wellness, and you can find anything mentioned in today's show in the show notes at my website, www.lindsaymichon.com. Have a blessed and beautiful day.